Hey guys, what's up? It is week 88 and uh, finally getting a little settled in here. If all things go planned, I'll show the room tour a little bit. It's not 100% done or anything like that, but it's pretty close. So uh, first and foremost, I want to mention that the Tempe prize winners, I haven't had a chance to send it out. I boxed it up and everything's good to go. It's just that I haven't had a chance to get to the post office. I've been busy, obviously. Excuse King keeping it four weeks in a row. But uh, let's hop into the first review, um, and the first one is from Artsploitation Films, and this is Molly. Um, this is a Canadian, or I would even say French-Canadian film, and uh, it looks pretty cool. Uh, Molly is a post-apocalyptic movie. It's kind of strange. We have this story of this loner girl who seems to have special powers. She catches the attention of a guy who does these underground fights where they use these... Uh, enhanced uh, people that are injected with the serum that they lose their mind and they just become animals and people bet on them. This is the kind of world they live in. He wants her for the pit because he lost his uh, fighter. So he wants to get her, inject her, and make her fight for him. She obviously doesn't want to do this. She has a kid that she's taking care of who lost her parents from the said monster, said the bad guy. And that's the plot of the movie. Uh, the landscape is very bright. Uh, there's like some, uh, it, it looks very desert. It's like a beach kind of setting in a lot of places. This movie is probably one of the best shot movies in a while, for a low budget movie. I think that they take a lot of chances with their camera work. They come from with drones and they do a lot of things coming down, a lot of fight scenes from up above. Uh, there's a lot of fight scenes, choreographed fight scenes, but the one problem with some of the fight scenes is they're not quick enough. They do look very choreographed. They don't feel natural, but there's so many in there and you can tell that they put a lot of hard work into it. So you got to give them credit for that. Although, like I said, it does seem like some of the people are a little bit more athletic and more capable of the fight scenes than others and it shows it definitely shows another thing on the movie is that it seems that their first language is french and they're speaking english i really wish they would have just spoken french throughout the film because you get one of these awkward performances when you can tell some of the actors aren't too familiar with the words they're spouting as well as they would be if it was french especially the lead baddie who at times is okay but other times he comes across a little um, a little too hammy because his lines and how he delivers them like it, it just it just doesn't work i would have loved to see someone more familiar like a bigger canadian actor sorry my hair is driving me nuts right here a bigger canadian actor in the role that maybe is like a not an iron side like turbo kid he popped up in that but maybe like an actor who is you know, a little bit well known bruce mccaddy or something like that would have been stephen mccaddy there it is would have been perfect but this guy i mean it's big shoes to fill and he doesn't necessarily fill them uh i will say the set designs are amazing you see some of that in the um behind the scenes and they did a really good job there's lots of hard work in here and the the a lot of creativity put into the set designs and it is a kind of a typical post-apocalyptic story but it has a super uh natural element because the girl has superpowers, kind of like an X-Men on the run in a post-apocalyptic world. That's what it kind of reminds me of, like one mutant and whatnot. Uh, the end leaves it open for a sequel. I would say it's a great-looking movie, um, and there's lots going for it, but it does fall a little flat for me because I don't. it just doesn't 100% work for me. I, I don't think the fights land as well as they should, although there's tons of them, and I was impressed with all that. I think that some of the CGI works well. You don't notice it, and that's good CGI, seamless CGI. You can tell there's a lot in there, but you don't really pick up on it as well as a lot of the other stuff. And some of the other CGI, it stands out a, a tad bit. Um, there's lots of characters. There's lots of action. And like I said, the sets look great. The locations are good. The camera work's fun. Just the fights are lacking, and the acting's a little lacking. And it's not that they're not 
they're they're horrible actors or anything like that. It's definitely the second language deal. You can tell there's a language barrier on a lot of these people, and it shows. Uh, Molly has some behind the scenes and a director's commentary. It's a director's commentary. It's a director's duo, which I kind of like to see. But it's worth checking out. I'm coming in at like a six out of ten here. Um, uh, there's a couple changes that would be made. I think it would be excellent. But uh, those things really are distracting for me. I can't I can't lie. But uh, it's from Artsploitation Films. Uh, the print looks great. It's a good movie to watch. It's kind of a quieter movie too. Like as for as much action in there, it's a little bit more quiet than one would expect. Um, somebody came in and was watching it while I was watching it. Actually, Jeremy, and he said, you know, this movie doesn't lack competence; it lacks confidence. And I was like, trying to think about that. I was like, now is that exactly what I'd put? I'm not necessarily sure, but that's how he saw it, and I'm not going to argue with his opinion. But that's Molly. Um, check it out. I think that a lot of people will dig it, and it's definitely worth checking out for yourself because this one is. Uh, I could see a lot of people eating it up and really enjoying it. Where are you from? Far away. Where are you going to? Further away. Speak up. I ran into the girl. Stop and hide! Hide now! She can do that. The thing people tell us about. We need that girl. You can't take her out in the open. Oh, no, you won't. But I will. We can bring her here, get her in the pit, get the upper hand. I'll separate her from her child. So what's your name? Bailey. And lure her back here. The hunt is on. Okay, guys, the next one is Gas Food Lodging from Arrow Academy. I'd never seen this one. I know it's a cult uh, film as a female director, and that was back in the 90s. That plays into the special features. They definitely talk about that and touch on that. But this story follows uh, kind of like a, a family of three, uh, a mother and two daughters, a single mother, and kind of like a trailer park and how they live and their life. And Furuzuka Bulk is like the main star in this, and it's great seeing her very young. She's only 16 in it. She's always been a great actress, and everything she pops up in from Waterboy Island to Dr. 
Dr. Moreau, um, stuff like that, uh, The Craft. No matter how big or small her role was or what kind of movie she was in, she always did a good job, and she had a very striking uh, look to her. She's a very memorable actress. Uh, she does well in this. It's nice seeing her at a young age. Uh, the lady, uh, the, the mother is actually played by the lady from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It was nice seeing her in here. You'll also notice James Brolin in a great uh, role that you wouldn't expect him to play. And uh, Robert Kepper, I believe is his name, he popped up in stuff like Prison Break. But um, there's, a, there's some slew of other familiar faces in here as well. Uh, this movie, like I said, it's kind of strange. It follows these, these characters in this trailer uh, park and, you know, it does feel like, you know, low-class living, but it's so interesting and... The girl, there's lots of narration from Frazuka and lots of interactions between these people and how they live their life and everything like that. It's just an interesting movie, a slice of life movie. There's not much really I can say about it besides that it's it's well worth watching. It's a competent movie with a good story based off a book that's nothing like the book apparently, but I, I don't want to spoil too much. But I, I did really appreciate the James Brolin role in here because it seems super genuine, but also uh, you know something for a tough guy to tackle and not be the typical macho guy but kind of just a deadbeat in a lot of ways, but also strangely likable, even though he shouldn't be because of what he's done. Um, the interactions between the sisters feels real and the mother, not that I've had any sisters growing up, but it feels like it would be legit, you know, just from seeing other sisters interact, being over their house and things like that. I, I really enjoyed uh, the relationships and that stuff like here and the mother having this love life where she meets different men, uh, including uh, Chris Mulkey, who's in a bunch of stuff, The Hidden, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, good movie, solid drama, has some funny moments as well. And there's a, a, some good stuff, and it's just kind of like coming-of-age movie in a way. Uh, the special features are really great. There's a new interview with Josh Olsen interviewing the director. I love seeing that. Uh, they seem to know each other. They have a good back and forth. Josh Olsen's great from Trailers from Hell, and the director's a smart person. She knows what she's talking about. She talks about the state of you know filmmaking and stuff like that, independent filmmaking. I love that. Talks about the critics, how uh, back in the day they were so annoying, but now I wish there was these like legit critics, unlike myself, that were out there you know, because they kind of made these movements and made it easier to get independent film made there's also an old documentary interviewing tons of women that work in film production from producers uh, to um, directors and stuff like that and i really like seeing that that's kind of an inter interesting thing especially you know that's uh, it's like talked about a lot nowadays but even more so you know it's nice to see something that was actually shot a while back and see how different it is now or how, how similar it is. But regardless, it's a nice release. It's a good movie. This movie isn't going to be for everybody, you know, especially if the big horror fans, you know, I, I love all film. I love all cinema. So um, I really dug it. But uh, check it out. Uh, watch the trailer. I think you guys will know what you're getting yourself into. After all that has happened, he was hers till the end.
Okay, guys, the next one I watched on Amazon Prime Streaming. I had heard a couple things about this one. It's called The Night, uh, what is it? The Night Eats Us, Eats the World. Um, yeah, this one is a bit different. It is a French film, and I didn't know it was French at first because it was in English, and I was like, what is this, Canadian? Is this French-Canadian, similar to Mali? Um, so I started watching it, and I didn't really, there's not much dialogue except for the first act. This is a zombie film. Everybody's like, a zombie film, really. I like them. Don't care. Most of my favorite horror movies end up being zombie movies. From Romero's to, to Return of the Dead to Fulci's. I love zombie films. Always have, always will. Don't care what everybody else thinks. But that's just my statement on zombie films. There's still some good ones, especially a lot of the foreign ones. But uh, this one right here... Um, there's like kind of like the first act is great. I love the setup of this movie. We have uh, this guy at a party in um, this kind of big kind of apartment, uh, fancy kind of apartment complex with these. Uh, it's more like a giant building, but they're cut into apartments and the zombie epidemic happens and he manages to trap himself off in here because he passes out in the bathroom and he survives and pretty soon he traps himself off in his apartment and there's a couple great scenes right in the beginning when you see somebody trying to escape from the other apartment the camera works great from up above um, that's a really scary scene and it's scary that the zombies don't make any noises and they they just kind of stare at the sky when and shake when nothing's happening it's just kind of creepy imagery in that and there's a couple moments in here that literally made me jump and the idea that a zombie can't make noise doesn't tip it off that it's coming except the running shuffling feet and the way they move is terrifying the way they look is terrifying the way they spot you they're scary zombies actually legitimately scary and we follow this guy to guy i am legend storyline where he's you know trapped in this apartment by himself and we see his daily runnings and things like that um watching the water go out and struggles like that shooting people with paintballs outside and marking them off uh the people pictures of the people from the apartment but there's a tremendous scene involving him cleaning the floors i won't spoil too much and a gunshot coming up through the floors which is uh one of the better zombie scenes I've seen in a very long time and I don't think I've ever seen another movie do it so I love seeing that this movie does manage to do a couple things that other zombie films haven't done I love the setting that the location that he's trapped in this isolated place the second act's decent too the third act I didn't care for as much because we start to you know play with his psyche and play with his mind and things start to slip but it leaves it open in a strange way and uh, probably like a original Dawn of the Dead kind of way like um I think they're screwed but maybe they're not uh, good movie, looks good. Uh, the lead's really good in it. Uh, there's some cool like moments in the film. I would recommend checking it out. I like it, and there's some there's some great uh, moments that I think any zombie fan will appreciate. You made it through everything. You probably thought you'd drop dead peacefully in your sleep. And then... This happens. Is anyone here? Hey! Do you think there's a cure? Come here, kitty. 
Okay, the next one I watched on Shudder, and I heard some good things about this one from, um, what is it, uh, Shockwave. It's Cold Hell. Uh, this is kind of a um, serial killer, thriller, psychological deal. We have this uh, Thai kickboxer who's an Austrian woman living in Germany. She's an Austrian Muslim, so we have this racist uh, kind of element going in, this outsider element, um, how people treat, uh, you know, Muslims or foreigners in their country. And that's kind of, you know... They're kind of being revelant today. Revel oh, sorry about that, but uh, there, there's definitely something to be said about that. So we have this lead. She's also a taxi driver. Shout out to taxi driver. What is it about taxi drivers and, you know, like lone wolves and stuff like that that just always match up with it in film? But she witnesses a murder in her across from her in her apartment complex, and the killer starts to stalk her and her loved ones. She has a, a complex family history with her parents and her cousin, who she basically watches after her daughter. And, and this killer starts to, you know, look at them and, and, and focus on them. That's basically the setup of the movie. I love the lead because she's tough as nails. She doesn't take crap. She reminds me of like Aja Argentu from the Stenhull Syndrome, but just a little bit more with it, if you guys know what I mean. Not completely insane. <laughs> if anybody's ever seen Stenhall Syndrome. Some of the lighting in the beginning of the movie reminded me of Dario Argento films as well. And there definitely seems to be a mixture of, you know, Stenhall Syndrome in a way, or a Dario movie, mixed with um, The Serpent's Egg, which I watched last week, because um, this movie, to me, reminds me of that because we have this um, Jewish person in Germany, um, in the Serpent's Egg, uh, played by David Carradine in that film, and he has a run-in with the police officer in the beginning. The police officer is kind of mean and just seems distant and doesn't care and very dismissive, almost seems kind of racist. And as the movie progresses, we learn that this police officer actually has the, you know, his heart in the right place and is probably the best person in the movie. And this kind of feels like that in a way too. We have the police officers at first that seem distant, don't care. They, they, they seem a little bit, you know, Oh, foreigner in our country kind of deal. And as it progresses, there starts a relationship with one of the cops who has a father who with Alzheimer's and that relationship between her and the cop is actually one of the best relationships in a movie I, in a while. I mean, I like it. I don't know if it's the best, but I enjoy their, their relationship and I enjoyed that character. Um, the killer in the movie has his reasoning and it's pretty demented, pretty twisted, involving religion and the way they figure out what he must be working for is pretty cool as well. But I thought it, uh, it had some good action, some good set pieces, and I love that the lead is uh, able to defend herself and does all the fighting and everybody she comes in contact with, she just beats the crap out of and she's tough as nails and almost indestructible. I kind of like seeing that. Um, it's an entertaining movie. Like I said, it has some good moments, good action. The killer is creepy. I, he doesn't get as much screen time or as much backstory as maybe one would like. And usually I'm not like that. You know, he, he's satisfactory. Like in Guardians of the Galaxy, people are like, I wanted more Ronan. I was like, I thought there was a perfect amount of Ronan. You know who he is. You know what he is. And he's a great performance and a little bit goes a long way with that character. <clears throat> this one, I, I think a little bit more could have helped him. Regardless, Cold Hell on Shudder. Good stuff. Uh, came out last year, I believe. Drei tote Frauen in Teheran, zwei in Tripolis, Libyen. Alle nach dem gleichen Muster abgeschlachtet. Ihre Nachbarin war die Nummer 8. Die Kollegen haben gesagt, sie haben was gesehen. Er hat mich gesehen. Wie heißt sie? Özge. Sind Sie Türkin? Österreicherin. Vorstrafen? Drohung besetzt, Widerstand gegen die Staatsgewalt.
bring dich um. Okay, guys, the next one is a Patreon pick, and it is Out of the Blue. Not to be confused with the Dennis Hopper-directed movie, Out of the Blue. Uh, can't remember exactly who picked this one, but uh, it is an Australian film. And, uh, yeah, I had not heard about it. I had not heard much about it. It's from IFC Films, made in 2006, I believe, and it's based on a real shooting that happened in this kind of isolated, uh, small Australian town. Man, this movie is devastating. This movie is powerful. This movie is gut-wrenching. What we have here is this loner, as most of these shooters usually typically are a lot of times. A loner that uh, kind of loses his mind, some mental health issues, and he gets an argument with the neighbor, and he decides to shoot him. The whole town gets kind of stranded and shut down because this guy's holding the town hostage. He kills a bunch of people. He's causing a lot of problems. No one can really get in the town to stop him. That's kind of the setup of the movie, but the beginning of the movie introduces all these characters so you know who they are, and you know, you know, how their lives are similar to something like the seventh day, which I reviewed a few months ago, which is from Olive films and it's about a shooter too. And it's based on a true story. These movies share a lot of similarities and they're both very good and very powerful. Uh, one of the best storylines in here is of an old lady who just had hip surgery and her, how sweet she is and how much you want this lady to pull through and how scary it is when the killer becomes, you know, you think he's right next around the corner and she's hiding in her house. Uh, it's also very um, devastating how, these cops cannot get the job done and people are actually dying because of it. Uh, it, it's intense and you feel for the characters. The acting's top notch for the most part. I can't think of any weak links. And that beginning scene, how they shoot the action or the violence in the movie when the people get shot, they don't hardly ever go up close. They kind of go out like you're viewing it. Like it's a voyeuristic when you see people get shot and you feel like you're there. Like, oh wow, like you would see it and you would just want to run. Like you want to run from it when you see the shooting because it feels kind of real in that way. Um, it's a well-made movie, like I said. It has a great location because it's that isolated town, and it goes over days and days, and you really want to know how these people are going to pull through. It doesn't feel exploitative, to be honest. And they do a lot with the cop, you know, in his mental state and do some things with him. Um, you know, I don't want to go into details to spoil it too much, but I don't want to talk about the movie all that much because I'm probably spoiling it. But regardless, it's, it's a well-made movie based on a true story, and it's grueling, it's gut-wrenching, and it doesn't seem exploitative. And a lot of times, if you have a true story, you do not want to get too exploitative because um, you might end up with something like my name is A by Anonymous. I thought that was. I, I'm sorry. I just didn't like how they handled it. It bothered me. But that's an opinion, of course. But uh, out of the blue, really dug this one. I, I, I recommend checking it out, guys. Save 
David shot me! Okay, guys, the VHS Voyage is, I think, a pretty obscure one. It's from AIP uh, Studios. Remember AIP, guys? Cheesy action movies all day? But this one is Tales of the Unknown, a horror anthology, which is really just like four shorts from maybe like a failed series that they threw together. Um, there's the four shorts. I don't remember the names exactly, but the first one is, there's no wraparound, just basically four shorts thrown on there for an hour and 20 minutes or so. The first one follows the story of a guy who cuts in line and he tries to jump into an elevator and he ends up uh, getting pushed ahead of somebody who's supposed to die from death. And death gives him an ultimatum. This one feels very Twilight Zone. That one episode with the old man who sells stuff on the streets. But this is more serious, I guess. Not as fun-toned or as well-made, to be honest. He cuts in line, basically... And he has to get an ultimatum from death. You kill the person that was supposed to die or you're going to die. And we basically have a comedic storyline where he's wondering, does he want to kill this woman or not? And he's trying to kill her. He's trying to poison her. And they have a date and they fall in love in a relationship. Oh, I don't know why she has a thing for this guy. He's a, he's a weirdo. He's a jerk. He's a slime ball. But that's the story. Not particularly great. Not horrible. It's there. The next story follows a, a guy. This one's pretty fun. Uh, his car breaks down in the middle of nowhere. He has to get, um, he wants to get, you know, his car fixed. He gets taken to this uh, location, this big, weird, isolated place. They even call him. They know exactly where he's at. They take him to the, uh, I guess the junkyard and building where all this is happening. And it's like, he feels like he's in some sort of twilight zone or in some sort of hell, or maybe he's in some unknown zone, whatever they would call it. And he cannot get out of this place. No matter what happens, the numbers don't stop. Things like that. Uh, it's very comedic. There's lots of weird characters. It's kind of repeated itself a lot. And it's pretty funny. And I, I would enjoy this one. Uh, it's, it's goofy. It's zany. It's good stuff. Uh, the next one is a weird story about, uh, I guess, a statement on video where this guy is being videotaped everywhere. And he's running around and he can't escape himself on tape. This one's a little confusing, a little inept. But still interesting enough. I'm not that one. I just don't have much to say about. And the last one steals the show. This last one's called Warped, and this feels like it could have been an entire feature-length movie. Uh, it opens up with some like stinger where something's happening in the middle. They do that a lot with the uh, movies nowadays, but they do it in this one. And what happens is we learn uh, it goes back to the regular though the beginning, and we learn this lady she's just been released from a mental institution. She doesn't can't go live anywhere, so she goes lives with her aunt and her like great aunt or something like that. Her grandmother, her grandmother is a ruthless, uh, mean old lady with Alzheimer's, and uh, the aunt feels very weird. And soon enough, she starts to do some digging and realizes some strange things happen in this house, has the diary, realizes that some sort of baby had died or something weird happened, a mutated baby. You don't necessarily know what's going on. Her father died under mysterious circumstances. That turns the aunt against uh, her, and they start to fight. I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a weird thing where this uh, police officer, this really heavy police officer, comes in, and he's great in the movie, and uh, he realizes something's going wrong, and the aunt has to defend her. So this is definitely like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, blood salvage, kind of weird, zany, quirky, gross thing with a weird ending involving... Uh, I don't want to spoil that either, but this one's well worth watching. In fact, the whole thing's worth watching, just especially for that last story, Warped. It, it's pretty funny. It's pretty twisted. 
existed, I would recommend checking it out. At least two of these stories are good. One's great, one's good, and two are tolerable. It's Tales of the Unknown. I would check it out. Um, it's pretty fun. And if you could find it, I don't know. I don't think it's ever had a DVD release, obviously. But um, I don't know if, it, if the elements would be even remastered on film. Because maybe they edited this on tape. I don't know. But it's well worth checking out if you could find it. Honey, you're just a bunch of frazzled nerves. <laughs> what are you going to do? You'll be all alone. Who's going to look after the baby when you're gone? Shut up. We're going to have that baby in private, providing that's God's will, and that's all I want to hear about. Oh, no, that's cool. They'll laugh at me. Put it on. I haven't seen you in ages. What brings you to these parts of Apple Valley? Well, good evening, Val. Um, we got a call from Mr. Skaggs. It seems that Polly was out playing this morning, and she hasn't come home yet. Now, normally the book says we should wait 48 hours in a case like this, but that Esther Skaggs, she sure can raise a stink. Well, what has that got to do with me? She seems to think that Polly was out playing in your woods again. Well, that Esther sure can work herself into a frenzy. I know what you mean. <laughs> But, uh, no, I sure haven't seen little Polly at all. What was that? Huh? I, I didn't hear anything. The sunlight came from upstairs. Uh, I, I think it's the pipes. They always make that sound. Well, I better check it out for you, Viola. Uh, officer, there's nothing up there. Besides, you haven't tried my cookies. What kind of you got? Peanut butter and raisin. No, your safety takes priority here, Viola. Officer! I can't imagine who would be up here. Well, this is a big house, Viola, but don't you worry. I'll check it out for you. Viola, do you have the key to this room? No, I don't. Well, well who's in there? Well, I, I don't know. Well, somebody's in there. Hey in there! Open up! Open up! Stand back, Viola. What are you doing? What the hell is going on around here, Viola? I don't know. Well, who the hell is she? I don't know. You don't know? What kind of crap is that? What's, What's your name? Who did this to you? Uh, I gotta go get some help. You just stay there. Don't move. No, wait, no. Wait. Uh, she must have done it to herself. Uh, where are you going? Don't leave me. I'm not well. I'm gonna go call an ambulance, Viola. Oh, but I'm not that sick. Don't leave. Officer Daniel, wait. I, oh, oh, oh. Viola? Oh. Viola! What's wrong? Iola! 
the pick a movie uh man put me through the ringer it's called fucking amel or aka show me love from 1998 it is a swedish coming of age lesbian high school love story that's what happens sometimes when i do these pick a movies i get the stuff that no one would expect to put and they give me this stuff i have no problem with it you know broads my horizons uh this one was very hard to find i ordered a copy on ebay wasn't going to make it in time so i essentially had to download a copy Find subtitles for said copy. Make my own DVD just to watch this movie. So I went, I did a lot of work for this one. I had to pick up blank DVDs too, even though I needed them already. But regardless, a lot of work for this one. Uh, this movie right here. We have uh, these two characters. It follows um, Aline and uh, I can't think of the other characters. Amel is the town they live in. It's in Sweden. It's kind of not necessarily a small town, but not a big town. Just a kind of a typical area. We have this girl who's kind of an outsider and she's a lesbian. She's young. She's 14. We have another girl who is a little bit promiscuous. Not in not sex, but she just makes out with a lot of guys and whatnot. And she's bored. She wants something else. And these two characters are going to cross paths. That's basically the the movie. Uh, there's it's so it, it's interesting to watch because the difference in coming of a age movies from American movies or, or teen movies to Swedish movies and how different it is. There are some great needle drops in this movie. I saw as far as music is concerned, and one scene when the the couple the, the the two kind of realize that they like each other. There's something there. Um, they're hitchhiking in kind of a, a silly way, and this guy picks them up, and there's this love song. I think it's I want to know what love is. I want you to show me who is that a foreigner, and uh, they start making out, and the music gets really loud and the guy opens the door and he's like what the hell's going on here is this candid camera and that music cuts gets lower again that scene is beautiful it works well for comedy and for emotional levels i really liked it but we, we see this difference in these two and the ending of the movie is really great uh and i don't want to spoil too much but there's also some elements that seem very real um the girl doesn't have any friends and they force her to have a birthday party and the only one who shows up is this girl in a wheelchair and she basically goes off on the girl in the wheelchair and says you're only here because no one else wants to be friends with us and this puts this spite in the girl in the wheelchair as it probably should because it's very cruel what she did and that whole scene with her when she basically gets any chance she gets to destroy this girl she does and it's like this vindictive state where i can see kids were like that in high school and before and in junior high and things like that and it feels real the uh, the relationship is it's complicated how it unfolds for high school and stuff but it feels legit how kids think and how these things would unfold um and surprisingly a happier ending than one would expect in this kind of deal but 
I liked it. I thought that it was well acted. I thought that the relationship between them was it was cute. And, you know, a lot of these high school movies, you don't really care. You're like, okay, here we go. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm way too old to care about high school films. But this one kind of sucked me in, and I actually enjoyed it. And I liked the characters. And there's some couple uh, genuinely touching moments and funny moments in the movie. Um, very funny stuff. Very good stuff. And, and it's well worth watching if you can find it. It's not easy to find. I couldn't rent it anywhere, or I would have rented it. But uh, uh, fucking Amal, or a.k.a. Show Me Love, 1998. In everyone's life, there is a time for growing up. In everyone's life, there is a time for falling in love. And for two girls growing up in a small town, falling in love means discovering who they really are. From Strand Releasing and the producers of Breaking the Waves comes an internationally acclaimed award-winning film about first love, second chances, and following your heart. Show Me Love. Kevin Thomas of the Los Angeles Times calls Show Me Love beguiling, a wry coming-of-age story. Tom Bliss of In Los Angeles calls it charmingly poignant. While Chuck Wilson of the LA Weekly declares, this is a lovely film. Show me love. Okay, guys, we're going to hop into the pick-a-movie. Is this the right bag? Yes, it is. It's getting slim in there, but then i got to do the second bag. Man, I'm never going to get done with these pick-a-movies. What do we got? I know that the person was Brad Hominin last week, and he picked the fits. So who do we got here? Christopher Dallaire. I know he's won a bunch of times, but there you go. I don't re-put. This is like the last, so you got put in the bag one more time. So there we go. All right, Christopher Dallaire, let me know what you want to watch. I guess we're going to hop into, sorry about this, the questions here. All right, what do we got? James Grimmer, have you ever felt that a movie has been too weird for your liking? Do you think that weirdness can either add to a movie or take away from it? Yes, I do think so. Some movies can be so weird and bizarre that you just got to see them. Like I was talking about earlier, like bizarre off-the-wall movies. Sometimes you just have to see it for yourself. Sometimes it works. Uh, I'm thinking of like a lot of Italian films. Like, this is batshit crazy. Like, Burial Ground. I love Burial Ground, but it's so weird and bizarre and just nightmare logic, and you just got to watch it. A lot of Italian films work that way. But then there's other movies that... Um, or hurt by the weirdness for me. I know a lot of people love them. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, what is that one? Uh, the Ventures of uh, Buckaroo Bonanzai Across the Eighth Dimension. I do not like that movie. I just can't get into it. It's too weird. I don't get it. It's just, it, it misses the mark for me. I don't think it's funny. I just don't think it's zany and weird. It has an amazing cast, but it's all these uh, characters that are supposed to be pre-established, but I don't have any connection to them and, and they don't develop them any further and they just don't do anything. I love John Lithgow in it and Christopher Lloyd and Dan Haya, but besides that, I don't care for the movie. I don't think it works and I don't like it and it's just too weird for its own good for me. Sometimes weirdness backfires, and that one does, and uh, stuff like Burial Ground works for me. So if, I hope that answered your question. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, you know. A little bit of weirdness can go a long way, too. It can make a bland movie fun. Nick Mua, uh, any animals that freak you out? Mm. Hippos. Hippos are scary. You know that? People don't realize how scary hippos are. And also big cats. Like, 
people are always like, I love, and if like, they don't scare me behind a fence or like on television or anything like that. But legitimately I used to have nightmares about lions and talking lions. And like, I'd be like, I knew they were evil and they wanted me to do something for them. And I'd backstab them and try to get away. And then they'd be like, I'm going to kill you now. And they'd be talking to me like through a window or through the door, like, cause they could get in if they wanted to, but they really were just kind of toying with me. Always scared me. Big cats because they are devastating. Oh, polar bears too. Cause, um, they hunt the only animal that purposely hunts humans all the time. Would you download your favorite movie directly into your brain if possible? I don't think so. You know, I'm not going to screw with my brain like that. I don't want to be like, all right, I'm making chicken. I know how to make chicken. And then all of a sudden, a day of the dead's in there. It's like, come along, Johnny. Flies to the promised land. I don't think so. I mean, I know my favorite movie pretty well as it is. So I don't need it to be in my brain. It's already in there manually the hard way. Do you think you could survive prison? Uh, what What prison? You sent me to the worst prison in the world. Uh, do I got life without the possibility of parole? I mean, at that point, I don't care. Kill me or whatever. I'm just going to go in and uh, life without the possibility of parole. No way I'm getting out. Uh, kill the biggest piece of shit that nobody likes. Why? Why? Well, who cares? You're done. It's over for you. You might as well try to be king of the trash heap or die trying. But if you know it would be bad if you got like 10 years with three with good behavior and everybody was, you know, what do you do? I don't know. It depends the prison. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Answers. We have some answers for, uh, the Kino. Um, uh, basically, uh, Matt Brown wanted to ask everybody what the, what they think of Kino, what their favorite releases are and what releases they're looking forward to. James Grimmer. Well, I don't have many Kino Lorber releases. I think they put out quality releases, but it would be nice if they included subtitle, subtitles regularly. I completely agree there. I like seeing your, uh, you share their releases because it helps me decide if I should revisit a movie or check it out for the first time. So far, my favorite releases would have to be The Pit and Rolling Vengeance, but I can uh, put Cabin Boy being up there as well. I am most looking forward to The Minion and Diamonds for Breakfast. Hell yeah, Rolling Vengeance and The Pit. I, lo I love both of those. The Pit, they eat meat. I know. I love that movie. Cabin Boy, so silly. It's been a long time for that for that one for me. What do we got? Door Kitty Films Army. Kino's best release, Rhythm Thief. Not seen that one. Nick Mua. Kino Lorber unleashes some provocative art for sure. Call over the night, anyone? I saw they're releasing The Outer Limits. Very creepy little TV gem from way back. I'm also a big fan of Dado Sutherland, so Puppet Masters is on my list. Good one, good one. Um, now, basically, the question of the week I want to ask you guys is, who is the coolest actor slash or actress of all time? Like, when you think, who just is the epitome of cool? Like, is it Burt Reynolds? Who is it? Who's the coolest actor of all time? Who's cool? Um, I guess we will hop into the update now. Okay, guys, here is the update. Let's start with the with big one. Jungle Holocaust by Rajiro Diodato from Code Red Films. Yeah, uh, I've only seen this one one time, and I remember really liking it, thinking it's one of the best jungle adventure ones out there. But uh, sorry about the glare there. But yeah, good stuff. Cool slipcover, actually. You never know what you're going to get with slipcovers. So. We have another one from Code Red, Street Law. I think I've seen this one. It's pretty cool if I remember correctly. The one with uh, Franco Nero in the bank in the beginning. Cool stuff. Please see movie. Franco Nero is good. Good, good, good guy. Good actor. Like him. Enjoyable. Good spaghetti westerns. Then we have Whatever Happened to Aunt Alice, uh, the Kino Lorber movie. What makes her garden grow? Wouldn't you like to know? Come on. That's a great check line. Uh, um, tagline. But Kino Lorber. Love them. This is like the old bitty kind of movie. Looks fun. Uh, Let the Corpses Tan. Super excited to finally check this one out. From the directors of Amr and The Strange Body of Your Colors Tears, which I haven't seen, which I own, 
But uh, man, this this is gonna be awesome. I know it. I'm excited to see it. And last but not least, the classic Westworld with the old Brenner and wasn't James Brolin in this one as well? Michael Crichton wrote it. Yeah, good stuff. Cool movie. Uh, everybody's heard of this one, so that's the update. Now back to the video. Okay, thanks guys. I want to give a Patreon shout out to Alex Williams. Thank you very much for your support, and I hope you stay a patron for a long time. If not, that's cool too. Thanks regardless. Um, I guess that's it, guys. Uh, thank you very much for watching, and as always, you guys have a good one. Okay, guys, this is going to be the room tour. So remind you, it's not 100% complete, and uh, there might be some dark spots. This will be shaky camera, so... Uh, Sorry about that, but this is the best I can do right now. Uh, we'll start with the top, which has some hard boxes. Well, I'll just get a, a view of it. There's shelves all here. There's shelves back through there. In the middle, there's... And then back here, there's some closet shelves that are actually built shelves. There's a big shelf here. This is bootlegs. And then we have double-sided here for these black ones. And it goes all the way around and then goes into this pre-made shelf. But um, I avoided all the light fixtures and everything down there. There's laser discs in the corner. The VHS are in a cabinet in the family room. But uh, I guess we'll start up top. Some hard boxes. Massacre videotapes. You see what I mean? It's going to be a quickie, though. Some Ultra video. Some SRS. Some assorted weird tapes. i got to squeeze by this light here, so... And the first person will be like, why is it so shaky? Why is it so fast? This isn't me going through every movie on my shelf, so relax. Some Blue Underground DVDs. I'm not showing any Blu-rays just yet. From uh, some Synapse, Massacre Video, uh, Severance, Shameless, Impulse, Mondo Macabro. And then I guess I'll start back over here. Unearthed. So we got tons of stuff going on here. You'll see. Anchor Bay. I don't even know. Yeah, still Anchor Bay. A lot of Anchor Bay. Oop, I hate going through there because that light. Shriek Show. Some box sets. Bunch of other stuff. I'm just going to show you guys the rest. But you get the point, right? And then we have some Blu-rays here. All going down here, different companies and everything like that. Have the lights through there. Blu-rays here. Got Shout. Bunch of other. Those ones are have to review. Kino. Tons of stuff. This shelf is just extra, just in case. That's the laser disc down there. More Blu-rays here. And then this is closet right here. They start getting in alphabetical order, just not company releases down here and go around. And then I unfortunately put some here. All that stuff that's back here is not actual movies that are supposed to be on display. Those are overstock movies that I purchased on Blu-ray that I didn't have the heart to get rid of. So I put them in the back behind these shelves so these stick out further and it actually looks better. Um, but one day I'll go through and sort those better. But that's all that. They're all behind there. And we have some up here. Goes down all the way, horror movies ending. And then we have some stuff there, boxes I need to send. And then these are non-horror movies that I need to sort still. Some are pretty cool. There's some cool titles in here like Charles Bronson movies and stuff like that. But yeah, but those are non-horror movies with other movies behind them too. So you guys get the picture um, from 
all the way around. The windows are blacked out. There's a ceiling fan in case it gets stuffy in here. And I have a dehumidifier just in case. It's a little one. Nah, it's it not picking up too much water. This is not on the basement like a lot of the DVDs were before. The Blu-rays were always upstairs, but my DVDs ended up being in the basement with a huge dehumidifier and on blocks just in case. These are all bootlegs here. But uh, yeah, this is on the main level. There is no basement in this house. It's a ranch-style house, so I think it looks pretty good. We got some bookends there. Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, I still have room to probably put one more shelf on the very bottom. Just get the wood measured and cut. I don't know if I'll do that or not. I like to look up. There's a chair. So still have some room for Blu-rays, bottom shelves, and everything like that. So eventually it'll grow. It's not too horrible. But uh, nice to leave some room. And I probably won't be purchasing very many more DVDs. But uh, let me know what you guys think. I'm sorry this is like audio straight from the camera. It's not the typical from the mic and everything. And this room has an echo. I'll have to figure that out. But uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think. I'll show you the VHSs maybe one day. Nothing special. It's just a big cabinet with them in there.